Hi, I'm Dino Tripotas. How did Dr. Michael Abernathy determine that a prison inmate was faking being paralyzed in order to be shipped out of the prison and into a hospital? <laughs> it was a ballsy move, and you'll find out tonight on Whiskey Business. We've all done this from time to time, right? You bump into somebody who you haven't seen in a while. Maybe you you work with them and you moved on to another job. And what do they say to you? Hey, hey, let's get together and, and catch up. You know, and that's that's what you do. You you, you catch up. You you agree to to meet for lunch or drinks, and then you sit across from each other and and listen to each other's mind-numbing updates about their lives. You know, her daughter's in gymnastics and she looks like she's got a real talent for it. And, <laughs> and your son is, for some reason, playing the cello. You have no idea why, but he seems to love it. And you go back and forth and back and forth and you catch up with the little pieces of minutia in your life. That's with like a, you know, an acquaintance or like I said, a, a former work associate. But when you come across an old friend, I mean an old friend, someone you've known since you were in high school, it's not so much a catch up as it is a reach back. Sure, you may spend three to five minutes on current history, where you're at, what you're doing, but then the bulk of that conversation goes back to those days that you remember growing up because those are some of the fondest memories of your life when you reach back and remember. You might both be respected members of society now, but for some reason, you'll reach back and talk about the time that you had your drunken friend so drunk that he couldn't walk up his own steps. You put him in a wheelbarrow and <laughs> rolled him up to the front steps of his house, rang the doorbell and ran. Not that I'm condoning high school drinking. That's not my point. We've all done it, but I, the, you, you get what I'm trying to say. So yeah, so tonight on Whiskey Business, sure, we'll catch up. And we'll get some current history, but we're also going to reach back. Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. And my guest tonight is, is a reach back. It's Mike Abernathy. I say Abernathy. Is it Abernathy or Abernethy? I'm discovering this for the first time tonight after 40 years of friendship. It, it's actually Abernethy, but no one pronounces it that way. I mean, in my hometown, my dad was always Tom Abernathy. He was Tom Abernathy. Right. And I and I blame your father <laughs> for not getting it right from when we were in high school. Your father was, was a, a respected and, and longtime broadcaster. You are Dr. Michael Abernathy, affectionately known to us. I should say that in the uh, studio audience tonight is also uh, his sister, Jenny, and also uh, one my, he's been on the podcast before, but he was actually in the marching band in high school with uh, with Abs. We call you Abs. That's abs it. has been Abs. Uh, Greg Detori is in, sitting in the background tonight as well, and I'm sure at some point he'll either chime in with clarification or or or, uh, <laughs> or just won't be able to stand it and have to have to say something. <laughs> he's but the one with the great memory, right? He's the one. That, he, that is the one with all. the that is the one with the great memory for anything that happened from high school and college. But if I were to have lunch with him, like, say, two days ago, he doesn't remember shit about what we talked about then. He can go back, way back then, but not currently. But, uh, yes, I say Dr. Michael Abernathy is with us. 
and uh, a doctor of what? Uh, emergency medicine. Emergency medicine. Yes. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, some of your cases have been documented on the TLC show, Untold Stories of the ER. Bum, bum, bum. I have to say it like this and look at the camera for the YouTube video. Let me try it again. In fact, you can see some of Dr. Abernathy's cases on Untold Stories of the ER. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, um, when we were talking about you coming up to, to, to visit Columbus and get you on the podcast, you actually sent us uh, that particular, or one particular clip from the show about the, uh, the prisoner. That, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So tell us more about how that, how that actually went and happened. Well, you know, again, the, the untold stories of the ER, they're on TLC. Uh, I've done that. I've done a total of four episodes with them over the last kind of six years now. Uh, I forget how I initially was contacted by the production company, but it's sort of become an annual thing and really great people, and it's a lot of fun. And they're reenactments. They're reenactments. Yeah, they're of, not actually cameras there in the throes of it. Because, oh, no, no, yeah, no, no. It's yeah. reenactments of stories. Because it, it felt a little reenactment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yes, my, yeah, I, I just said I don't take the acting seriously, but uh, <laughs> it, it's a lot of fun, and you do get some poetic license, and names are changed to protect the innocent, uh -huh. so some of the scenarios are changed a bit. So, so yeah. in this particular episode that we saw... Um, there was a, a prisoner, an inmate, yeah. who was claiming to all of a sudden become paralyzed. Well, this was, yeah, this was, uh, it, it was an actual story. So the story was he fell in the shower, hit his head on the sink, and after that was... Hit his head on the sink. I'm putting the air quotes up there yeah, for, for those was, just listening to yeah, the audio. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, after that, couldn't move. So he's lying on the floor, mm -hmm. can't move anything, basically below his shoulders. And so they're obviously concerned and um, take them to the local emergency department. Um, Where you happen to be working. Right. And so in that case, I mean, things didn't fit. And plus, this guy was a badass. I mean, he wasn't just in there for traffic tickets. I forget his exact rap sheet and what he had done. but they He's a criminal. A, oh, he's a real he, criminal. Well, he's a criminal. And they had a lot of security because when people are taken out of the prison environment, that's often... You know, whether it's for doctor's appointments or that, you know, they can arrange escapes. Uh, whether they get the word out to their friends, hey, I'm right. going to be in the hospital with this, right. I'm going to fake this. So they obviously you see it in the of, movies all the time. Yeah. 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 It happens in real life. I yeah. know. Well, and, that's, how, that's why it's in the movies because <laughs> people get the idea. But they um, ended up having a lot of security, which was very strange. Uh, we hadn't seen that much. And they were very nervous about this guy. And so the question was, was he paralyzed or not? And his exam was very convincing. Um, we proceeded to get some x-rays and further imaging, and that was all pretty negative. But and, and this guy had to play the part. I mean, oh, know, he was good. Not he, be able, he know. was good. I mean, we do stuff like, you know, uh, you, you know, you can put a needle into the foot. Uh, oh, wow. And uh, do some other things, you know, painful stimuli. And he didn't flinch. I mean, he was very good. Uh, and so we ended up getting some imaging, and that was all normal. I mean, he didn't have a broken neck. There wasn't anything wrong on the imaging, but it still doesn't necessarily rule out that, you know, he doesn't have a serious condition. Mm -hmm. And so it came to the point where I had to make a decision. Where Was I going to put this guy on the road for an hour and a half, transfer to, you know, the, the tertiary care center, the large university hospital where they have neurosurgeons, spine surgeons, or am I going to 
you know, figure something out. So I, I just had something in the back of my mind. And uh, so, so I caught him off guard. I was uh, talking to him and asking him to follow my finger, do this. And so I reached down and basically grabbed his junk very yeah. suddenly and his twisted. Junk. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> grabbed yeah. him by the nutsack and yeah. twisted. Yeah. Junk. And there was quite a reaction. Yes. I think if he knew it was coming, he probably, I mean, this guy, I could put needles into his foot. Right. And he, he didn't flinch, didn't flinch. Mm. but I think it caught him by surprise. And by the way he moved, everything jumped. He's not paralyzed. He's not paralyzed. There's nothing there. Send then, back. Or you cured him. And then he just went absolutely ballistic at that time. <laughs> so he knew. And so they basically let him out in cuffs. And uh, yeah, so that was. That was uh, I'm going to get you. Yeah. I'm going to get you. Oh, that's the first time. I, You're, I, dead. Yep. You're dead. You're yep. dead. You, you messed up. You, you, uh, you, per, you prevented a, a prison break. Possibly. No, not well, possibly. Not, we'll, we'll never know. Come I mean, on, the guy man. An hour somewhere. and a half drive down yep. some shady road in yep. Wisconsin to yep. another hospital. Oh, he's yeah, paralyzed. Like the, we don't know, need to worry about that's him. That's the movie version of yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You know, cars yeah. pull out. And, and of course, it would have to be at night. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it happens. Thunderstorms. Yeah, thunderstorms. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden, car goes careening off the road because he gets smacked by another car. And and then your big bruiser inmate is out. He's on the lam. Yep. But... And now he's back in the joint. He is. Well done, sir. You could probably, uh, for those of you who are fans of TLC, I know that those episodes are available on, on uh, I know people don't watch them anymore, but they're on DVD, and, and you could probably find uh, search them out online as well. Speaking of online, Hansberry. Yeah, well, maybe we can find that YouTube clip and post it on Whiskey Business's Facebook page. We wouldn't do that because he uh, sent it to us. We still we'll, have it. We'll do that. We'll do that. Uh, it, also, there's a Brady Bunch episode where that happens. <laughs> uh, where Mike Brady, uh, there was a car accident, mm-hmm. and there was a guy who claimed he uh, you know, he had this neck brace. Oh, uh, nice. You remember it. Oh, and he grabs his nuts. No, <laughs> Mike Brady drops his briefcase. Oh, no. Oh. And then the guy goes, bah? What? And he... T- Jerks his head and the whole <laughs> courtroom gasps and Mike Brady's the hero. Oh, so there you go. Okay. I'm not so, saying you stole no, that no, from uh, Mr. Brady, but yeah. <laughs> it would have been better if it was Mr. Brady. Uh, but yeah, the Facebook. Uh, we digress. Uh, yeah. Instagram and uh, I wanted to say <laughs> that Alice would have had something witty to yeah, say yeah, afterwards, and Sam would have <laughs> celebrated with a, a big thing of meat. Uh, Carol would have shaken her head. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wanted to, to remind people that uh, the Whiskey Business cocktail is actually still available at, um, the, Great at, Southern at the, the Great Southern Whiskey Bar. Bar. Uh, Jesse Hubbard said that he was going to keep it on for a couple more weeks because, oh, or a, well, a little bit longer because it was a hit. It was a huge success. The However, night, the night we were there, they sold like 42, 45 of them. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a great cocktail and it, it has a great name. It does. <laughs> it was Whiskey Business. Yeah. But uh, on Instagram, Jesse gave me the okay to actually post the recipe. Nice. So I'm going to do that later. When this uh, when this episode drops, it'll probably okay. be already be out there. You can hear it. Uh, so we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, subscribe to us on uh, YouTube. YouTube with uh, Whiskey Business with Dino Tropotis. It's nice that you have to actually read that. Yeah, well, right I forget here. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, subscribe to us on iTunes, your favorite podcasting app, and rate and review. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Also, a reminder, if you're not doing anything on August the 25th, the Columbus Podcast Awards will be taking place 
uh, at the Gateway Theater from 6 to 8. All you have to do is go to ColumbusPodcastAwards.com and get free tickets and see if Whiskey Business walks away with any of the gold. Or if you're partial to other podcasts, maybe they'll walk away with the gold. Either way, it should be a fun time to come celebrate with us on uh, August the 25th. And prior to that, on August the 20th, The Premise. The Premise returns to the upfront stage at Shadowbox Live. Whiskey Business presents The Premise. So um, the two comedians getting premises that they've never seen or heard until that night. And then having 20 minutes to write three to five minutes of stand-up with special guests. Uh, Jerry Elliott from QFM 96. Nikki Winkleman. Uh, uh, our c- comedy competition is, is uh, with the OG of comedy improv, Jeff Gage. Gage. And uh, the very funny Jack Shepard from Def Comedy Jam. So join us on August the 20th. Abs, are you enjoying this? Our guest bottle tonight it is. Very is good. Uh, we've had Calumet Farm whiskey before, but we've Cheers. never had the Kentucky, um, the the single rack black, the Ooh. aged for twelve years. Calumet Farms. Very yeah, good. this is Calumet Farms, ninety four proof. I, I didn't offer Dead a glass because when he, he was on the yeah. podcast, I had to get Seagram Seven. I forgot about and that. a whole <laughs> bunch of Seven Up. And the cherries yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. No. No. Uh, this is a ninety four proof. Um, it's a it's it's made up of small batches of 19 different barrels, and um, it brings up an interesting point because I'm not going to ask you about the the nose or the taste because if I remember correctly from high school, you have no discernible taste or smell. True. Uh, more smell. No, more I have smell. some taste. Some but, taste, but a lot of your taste is made up through your sense of smell. Okay. So you can people who get colds, you know, when I have a cold right now, up, yeah. it it uh, degrades your sense of taste. So, but I've I've been that way my whole life. Because we would do, and this is where Det needs to maybe come in and chime in for a second, because <laughs> I don't remember exactly. But we would make you eat and and smell ridiculous things. Yeah, we yeah. we we pour salt. We pour salt on your food <laughs> yeah. and, and when you weren't looking. And that was a good one. But then the best one, can I tell the... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Abs had this trick he would do where um, we were in chemistry class. You know those chem hoses? And so, and so we'd ask, we'd ask Mike. We'd say, Mike, 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 please do it. Please do it. And he'd go, oh, it hurts. We're like, oh, Mike, please do it. Please do it. So he'd say, okay. So he'd shove the chem hose in his left nostril. Right. Pluck it into the faucet, <laughs> turn the faucet on, and we'd see it fly out of his nose. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And when uh, there'd be applause. Yeah, applause, yeah, applause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd cry a little bit. It was okay. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. cried a little bit. Yeah. So functionally anosmic is the word. So in my line of work, you know, what is, it's, what is functionally what? Anosmic. Anosmic. Anosmia is the lack of sense of smell. Sense yeah. of smell. But yeah. you still can taste this whiskey. Yes. yes. Okay. So what do you think of this whiskey? This is good. It yeah. has, um, you know, see, I, again, with whiskey and beer, you know, you talk about, oh, there's a hint of caramel. Or this. No, it's, <laughs> right. you know, it's like, it's, it's either like really bad or really good. And this, this is good. It's interesting. It's a different taste. Um, you're picking up on the hints of vanilla and oak. <laughs> no, but and a nice, there, and a but nice spicy long finish. No, is there's what you've something. Got going yeah, on there. there's something different about this. I picked that, up some cherry off the bat. Mm. Really? Yeah. I didn't get any of that at all. Oak. I got the vanilla and um, kind of peppery and a nice long finish at yeah, the end. Yeah, there's some alcohol. There's alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is it, 94 yeah. proof. Yeah, 94 proof. Uh, when it first came out, it retailed for like 69.99 a mm-hmm. bottle. Good luck. Wow. Uh, you'll be paying. Uh, Right now, if you find it on the shelves, I think it came out in 2018, maybe 2017 or 2018, I don't remember. But now, I've seen it for as much as 100 
some a bottle. So it goes against our mm, 50 yeah. bucks and under bottle, but it was a gift, so I don't feel bad. Special yeah. occasion. Yeah, yep. and a special occasion, yeah. I wanted to have... Very I wanted to have some. I wanted to have nothing but the best tasting and smelling whiskey for the guy who can't taste or smell. I, I'm a big fan of. <laughs> I should have gotten a plastic bottle of Imperial whiskey like we used to drink White, at the spot bar. Oh, right. Yeah, right. White House. There's a couple of those. Uh, oh, there's yeah. a yeah. There's a, there's bottom shelf whiskeys that 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 uh, are really quite good. We discussed this last week. Oh, uh, Patty, uh, which is sort of the working man whiskey over in Ireland. Right. I that that's my mainstay now. I really like that. Yeah, Patty's a great yeah. Irish whiskey. Yeah. So you you uh, lean towards the Irish whiskeys and the scotches because of uh, your 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 background. Well, no, I'm pretty much a Abernethy bourbon bourbon <laughs> and gin. Uh, my recent forays into the UK, they drink a lot of gin in England. And, um, and gin's making a big comeback here in the U.S. Uh, as it well. is, especially with these micro distilleries and you know craft gins, I guess. But yeah, gin is cool again, man. When I'm hoping, honestly, I'm hoping it gets even cooler and more popular, so that the young hipsters can back off the bourbon <laughs> yeah. and go run over to the gin for a while yeah. and leave us people who loved bourbon before the boom yeah. came. You know, so we can so we can get our bourbon. Because, and if you if you are a young hipster who likes bourbon and actually buys it and drinks it, you're good with me. But if you're a young hipster who buys it and collects it just so you can show it to your friends when they come in, yeah, bullshit. Yeah, go drink gin. Go drink gin. Anyway. 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 So you like this. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, abs. I mean, you're... I look at you and your life, and, and I know what you've done over the course of your years. You're a respected medical professional, right? But you didn't even go to school initially to be a doctor. You, you, you became an engineer, and you're just one of these people like, I think I'll be a doctor. <laughs> and, then, and then you become a doctor. Not quite that easy. Yes, it was that easy. That's how it seemed to us. For those of us who struggled through four years of college, I know Det struggled and he got through. I struggled and did not get through. I couldn't even get the degree. I, you know, I, I tried in my own way. I, you know, if there would have been life credits back then, <laughs> if there would have been life credits. Because they're doing them now. You know, right now, I could be, shit, I might have a master's right now if they actually apply life, life credits to. Dr. Tripodas. Dr. that's right. But yeah, it seems that way. You went to Youngstown State University. Well, I started out, you got to remember, I, I sort of did the same route you did. Worked in the mills, and I tell you, that was tempting. Uh, back then we were making good bank back then pushing a broom or working I worked in the BOP basic oxygen furnace which was you know it's sort of you have a lot of young people in there for the same reason you have young marines <laughs> because you know it's like working in a volcano it was hot. and as it was hot it was miserable and it was dangerous but you know at 18 you're immortal so. how much, yeah, do you remember how much we were getting paid back then i remember i was making almost 16 dollars right. an hour i thought when, it was somewhere between 16 and 18 when minimum wage was about three dollars an hour right and okay. so i'm looking what am i doing and so i did two year two summers working labor gang uh, with serious thoughts of giving up school and just coming back. And uh, for the third summer, I came back as an engineering intern and took a 50% cut in pay. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was funny compared to the kids working the labor gang. So working the labor gang, I was making more than the guys starting in engineering were making with a degree. It's crazy. So what am I doing? Yeah, and, I'm um, bank yeah. here. Yeah. Well, I tell you what it did for me because I was making, like I said, 
somewhere between 14 and 15 bucks an hour pushing a broom. Mm -hmm. And my job was to literally push, you know, push the broom from that end of the hallway down to this end of the hallway. And they go, then what? And he goes, push it back. Take your time. And it was, yeah, take your time. But then then they they put me in the blast furnace. And I went, I'm going to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to college. I think my sentinel moment was yeah. working on the Coke ovens and oh. we were shoveling I lids. Did that. I did that. Did you have to wear the wooden shoes? Oh, you, I wore this, pla- this whole plastic thing and a, and a mask. Nice. And you couldn't wear regular boots because they would melt. melt. And so you'd have to put on these wooden sandals over your boots. <laughs> and yeah, and so here you are on a hot summer night and not to mention, you know, what's coming up off the furnace there. Right. Yeah. So... I said, ah, you know, the money's one thing, but, you know, I don't think I could do this for the but rest of my life. But then life, you know, we all made the right choices and went ahead to college, and lucky that we did, because then shortly thereafter, our little mill town started to hit hard times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, how come you didn't pursue broadcasting since your old man was in it? I don't think I ever had an interest in that. Um, did he want you to media? do something like oh, that? Oh, no. no. No, Dad Dad was a musician at heart. Uh, so are you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. You're, you play drums. Yep. We'll get into that in a second. What yep. did he play? Dad, Dad was a trumpet player and a singer. Uh, that's how he met my mother. He was in the ar- one of the band at Walter Reed uh, when they were both in the Army. Uh, but So Dad was a musician, but being a musician doesn't pay the bills. Right. And so... He had some connections when he was in his 20s, you know, to some people in radio and gradually drifted into radio. So, yeah. So he radio wasn't a chosen path for him either. Initially. No, no. He was a musician. Much yeah. like well, I no. was not a musician, but I was a stand up comedian. Wow. And so kind of kind of parallel paths in our, in our pursuit for radio. And how long was he on the air? Oh, geez. So from the time well, he was with WSTV, he started in 1959 till... Ninety-eight, yeah. So sixty, almost forty years. Yeah, uh, wow. that's with WSTV, and then another ten years before that. So, you got me beat. Yep. Yeah. You know. He would have, yeah, he would have stayed on the mic until the day he died if it wasn't for a stroke. Yep. I would have stayed on the mic till the day I died if it wasn't for my stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a stroke. <laughs> I didn't have a stroke. That was it. I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, that's it. No, I, didn't, stroke. I didn't have a stroke. I did. I did. But you know, I did twenty-four years in yeah. one spot, and he had longevity in one spot. So yeah, yeah. But no, no, you didn't think. Oh man, and my dad's got a cool job. I want to be like dad. No, you know, dad made clear he wasn't making money. The guys in the mill were making a lot more money than he was, and he had the opportunity to move into bigger markets. And he was had major offers. Why didn't he take them? He had five kids, you know. And yeah, how do you pick up and move five uh, kids and all that? Yeah, I'm being a little yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I had know. a chance to go to Washington D.C. when but, I was at Southern 95, top five market yeah. in the country. And but his choices. Same know, reason I stayed because of my kid. And I was told, you know, after his funeral, meeting some of his old friends, they said, yeah, he really had it, and he could have easily moved into the big markets, but he chose chose to stay. But he was a king. He was. AM he was radio. a king AM over the radio. radio land that he ruled, right? Yes, he was. You know? He was. You know, he, he didn't he want for beloved. anything. Yeah. He was beloved. I mean, there's there, there's a certain there's a certain uh, cost that you can't put on that. Right. You know, you can't Absolutely. translate it into dollars and cents. Absolutely. You know, the respect of a of the town that you live in and people love you and, and care about you. And if I guarantee you, uh, you know, over the course of that career, if if Tom Abernathy needed anything people would people be rushing to help in, in a heartbeat. Oh, and they still remember. You know, he passed away in 2013, but my mother still lives in town, and everyone still remembers him. 
I remember your dad uh, driving us down to Bridgeport, just down the road on Route 7 from Steubenville, Ohio, and dropping us off and, and leaving us on our own because uh, Dr. Abernathy did not have a car. Uh, Dr. Abernathy would hitchhike and also hop trains. He's a freaking hobo is <laughs> what, what he was. And I decided that I would actually hitchhike back to Columbus with you. And it's the one time and the only time I've ever hitchhiked. I haven't done it since because I got to be honest with you, I wasn't sure we were going to get to Columbus <laughs> with the ride that we got. Yeah, that that was an interesting time. But what, it, tell us about tell them about the ride. Well, so we're coming back on a Sunday again. Dad, that was a standard thing. He'd ride me down to I seventy about twenty miles to the south. It's a good dad, and just drop you off. Drop me off. That's oh, it. and he felt bad. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. be good. No, yeah. that that was my doing. And he said, you know, and he confided into me years later. He always felt so bad doing that. But again, for me, it was like, yeah, this is what I do. You know, it's no problem. And I always got back and forth. So. Yeah, I decided to take Dino along on a ride. We didn't hop any trains, unfortunately. No, I would have done that, though. I think I would have been yeah. adventurous enough yeah. to hop a train. But, uh, yeah, I remember we had one or two rides. Got around St. Clairsville, and this uh, camper uh, pulls aside. Oh, and it's like, yeah, hop in the back. And we get in the back of the camper, and there's these two very large women. And it, <laughs> it was frightening. They, they were from West Virginia? Yeah, or right? something. Yeah. They were going, Sorry. and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were trying to be very friendly, and uh, I think we were both very frightened. <laughs> yeah, we were. We were. I was extremely frightened. I actually, I actually thought we were going to get assaulted, <laughs> sexually assaulted by these women who were bigger than us. Oh, they were. You know? it, it's a time I was weighing in yeah. about 125 pounds. Yeah, and I was, I was, I was lucky to be a buck 60, buck 65 back then, and, and these women were twice that. I, th yeah. I think we, uh, we, we talked our way out of that one, and eventually... They had to stop for gas or something, and well, we're good here. We're, we're good. Take it right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, but and we made it to Columbus. We made it back to Columbus, well, and yeah. it was definitely an experience. But uh, and while that still is a a fond memory, <laughs> not as good as one of the rides you got when you were hitchhiking. You got picked up by John Glenn. Yeah, Senator Glenn, John Glenn. He was Senator John Glenn, astronaut. John Glenn. Son of Ohio. Son of Mus Ohio. From Muskingum, I believe. Well, still yeah. Ohio, but doesn't matter. You, he, he stopped and picked you up. So I was hitchhiking. Again, hitchhiking is an art. You know, I, I tens of thousands of miles. You have basically 10 seconds while someone's going by, and they're going to make that decision, you know, whether they're going to pick you up or not. And so I found that the, the college student thing always works well. You know, you have a sign. You don't say you're going to Columbus. You're going to Ohio State. Uh, Genius. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Bravo. Or, or well even done. if I'm going to, you know, North Carolina, mm -hmm. you know, I'd always just use college names. And so that always worked very well. Always had stuff in a backpack. Always looked fairly decent. And, you know, there, there's an art to it. So, again, the same route I was going back to Columbus. I think I was in grad school then. It was about 1980. Uh, John Glenn was uh, one of the Ohio senators. Uh, at that time, I believe he was looking at as a presidential candidate also. But uh, same exit in Bridgeport. Uh, I was uh, 
Yep. Well, and so this car pulls up and stops. Dad drops you off. Don't worry, Dad. Dad. You never know. I might get picked up by a senator. Yeah. And so this <laughs> was a nice car. It was a big, space big Buick. It wasn't a limo or anything. It pulls aside. You remember the car he had? It oh, was, yeah. It was, it, was, a, it was a nice car. And this guy gets out of the front, sort of a big guy in a suit with dark glasses, uh-huh. you know, you know, a flat top cut. Right, and it's like, right, oh. right. And so he walks up to me. He goes, where are you going? And he goes, I'm going to Ohio State. I'm a student. And... Uh, he had a couple questions. He goes, wait right here. And he goes back to the back of the car. So he opens the door. Da, 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 da. He's talking to the man in the back. He says, okay, here, you can hop in the back. Who was in the back? And so I get in the back, and I look, and I didn't recognize him at first. And we start talking. He says, hi, you know, I'm John Glenn. Oh, oh, so it wasn't John Glenn that came out and, and No, no, it was you. his driver. It was his driver. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't John Glenn just freewheeling no, on, no, on, no, on no, 70 no. in a Buick and yeah, they yeah. pulled over so and picked up some college yeah. kid. Yeah, <laughs> I never get any alone time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was So he was in the backseat. Yeah, he had a driver, right. So John's in the backseat. And so it's like, oh my God. So this man, again, was one of my childhood heroes. Yeah. Um, and I had followed him, his career. And, you know, I thought, wow. And so... He had a lot of questions for me. It's really interesting because at that time, I think he was trying to gauge the public. He was looking seriously at it being a presidential candidate. Uh, I can remember he asked me about my family, what my father did. You know, he knew of Steubenville. Again, he grew up in sort of southeast Ohio right, right. there. But for the, well, what is it, about two hours from Bridgeport to Columbus, uh, just talked and he was very enthusiastic. I mean, he's heard these same questions from other people. I'm asking, you know, what was it like? What was this? And, you know, he answered them with such enthusiasm and, you know, just, just an amazing individual. And so we get to Columbus and we pull up to the house. And at that time I was living with a couple other guys and we had sort of a I don't know whether you call it a slum, but it wasn't the most. Uh, yeah, well, we, we all lived. We all lived. We all lived in, in less than desirable housing. You know, a lot housing. of the other guys that were engineering geeks said, "Oh my God, these guys are going to lose it." I've got, you know, I said, "You know, could I introduce you uh, to some of my roommates?" They get her. You know, sure, I've got about ten minutes. No problem. So I run into the house, guys, guys, guys. No one's home. No, it's no, like, oh, no. Crap. Okay, I've got my camera. So grab my camera, go down. Do you mind if we take a picture or something? I got to prove the guys. Sure, no problem. No film. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Man. Oh, it's, it's where, not, where were these? Where were yeah, no them, digital right? cameras. Yeah. Right Selfie. Yeah. But uh, no, then he had to go on his way. Uh, but yeah, so it, it was an amazing experience. And you guys so, stayed engaged in conversation the whole oh, drive? the whole time. The Absolutely. Whole time. You know, we talked about it. Again, we had background. He was an engineer. Um, you know, he had great love for the state of Ohio and he knew it very well. Um, had a lot of questions about college students. What were they thinking about? You know, various you know, things that were going on in politics at that time. So, yeah, yeah we, we talked solid for about two hours. That's amazing. Yeah. And to spend that one on one time with. And so, you know, when he passed away, when was that? Two years ago. Mm-hmm. That was wow. That just brought back a lot of. Memories. I bet. Yeah. And it's I like, bet. wow, he was a good man. Who else marries their kindergarten sweetheart? You know, and is with her for his entire life. You know, mm, got me. Yeah. Amazing individual. Yeah. What an incredible story yep. and, and, a, and a great memory to have. Yeah. But, you know, no picture. So you, you get a degree in engineering. Yep. Yeah. And then 
you decide what you don't want to be an engineer. Well, I was working anymore. in that, and so went back to grad school in engineering. A grad school in yeah, engineering. Yeah, working on okay. a PhD. Got a PhD in engineering, yeah. and then you decide. Mm, well, you know, th- things sort of went sour. I think on I'll my... be a doctor. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's something I think I always had in the back of my mind. And then during this too, uh, I had joined the Ohio National Guard, and this was at a time you, know, you got to realize that the military wasn't very popular. Right. And it's a decision I made. What, what years would these, these be uh, now? This would have probably been about 1984, and, you know, the military wasn't very popular, but, you know, there were, there were some advantages and some things I wanted to do. Uh, there was an aviation unit in Columbus uh, that I was interested in joining, and so I did. Both my parents were veterans, and of course, they're very supportive. But yeah, it was incredibly unpopular on campus. You didn't wear a uniform on campus, right. and you really didn't tell people you were in the military. But through that, I got an exposure to aviation. I got an exposure to some of the pre-hospital care, EMS and medicine things. Uh, and so things started to shift at that point. That's when you started to say, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll be a doctor. Yeah, yeah. But how many people actually... I mean, I, I, can't, I can count on one hand and not use all the, you, <laughs> that'd be about it, that they go through this very difficult course of study to be an engineer. That's not an easy field to right. get your PhD mm-hmm. in, in engineering and then to start all over and decide you want to be a doctor. There's quite a few. Uh, like in my class in Cincinnati, I think we had about 15% of us were former engineers. So it's not in medical school anymore. It's not the traditional biology, chemistry, or zoology. You have people from all sorts of backgrounds, theater, business. But you still have to go through that course of study. You still have to... For pre-med? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, there's basic requirements in, in pre-med, right? You know, regardless of whether you're going into music or engineering. Or and do you have like a specialty that. now in medicine? Is yeah, it, I, emergency medicine. The emergency medicine your yeah. specialty? So I graduated medical school and then I did three years, four years specialty training in emergency medicine at the University of Chicago. How old are you now? I I will be 60 next month. Right, you're yep. same age as yep. us. So what are you going to do next? What am I going <laughs> to do next? Nah, I, I, think, I think I will be king. Nah. I would like to be a king. I I tell you, though, it's interesting. We're talking about social media. And here I am in the autumn of my career. You'd think things would be fairly fixed. And starting about 2013 with the advent, Facebook, Twitter, uh, a lot of these things are not just for social friend circles. You know, people use them as tools for business, Mm -hmm. tools for education. And there's a whole movement in... um, in medicine, uh, you know, for using um, uh, social media for education, blogs, Twitter's sort of the net, net that connects everything together. So through this, I, because I sort of operated in isolation in the United States, my specialty, subspecialty is helicopter EMS. You know, I work primarily I, off for a helicopter program I was gonna, at the University uh, of Wisconsin. That was going to be my next question. How, what, what made you want to Dive into into that part of it. Oh, that's all I've ever wanted to do. I mean, from the get-go, I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. And I sought out a training program that offered that. And then when I took my first job, they had that. So it was very intentional. And I don't mean to be overly dramatic when yep. I when I ask this, but every I mean, almost every time you get in that copter, I mean, it's 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 serious, right? Nah, not not as much as you think. There's a lot of pro. Well, that's a whole other podcast. But 
They, they tend to be, yes. They tend to be the more ill, more critical patients. Mm-hmm. And But that's the nice thing is I'm only taking care of one patient at a time, whereas in the emergency department, I've got to handle whatever comes through the door, and they're all mine. So, Does the engineering background come into play as your success as a physician as far as decision-making and some of these, uh, you know, fast, I would imagine in, in the ER and on the helicopter as well, you've got to make some, some life-saving decisions. I'd say it teaches a thought process, uh, which is good. But, you know, a lot of this stuff you'd be surprised. It's you not shoot from the hip, but, you know, with 30 years experience, I can just look at something. And, you know, there's not, I wouldn't call it intuition, uh, there's a great book by Malcolm Gladwell called Blink. I uh, read Blink. And yeah, it yeah. talks about that. So after so much experience, you know, the fireman walks into a house, something's not right. And, you know, you develop that sense. And and it's not the best thing in an academic environment because it's nothing that can be taught. It's just something that you accrue after seeing 100,000 patients. Mm-hmm. And so at this stage of my life, you know, it's, uh, it's a valuable tool. Yeah. Obviously, you've lost patients. Oh, oh. Well, how'd you feel the first time you lost a patient? Well, again, I mean, there's, there's got to be in that job. There has to be dr- dramatic firsts. I mean, I, I would have to think that the first time you lost somebody because of what you did or what you couldn't do, yeah. well, that, that would have to affect you somehow. Yeah. It, it, or are you just 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 ice cold <laughs> blood yeah. running through your veins? You know, every physician has cemeteries. You know, you have those patients you lost and you visit them on a regular basis and you learn from your mistakes. Uh, the problem comes when you take up residence in the cemeteries and then you can't, can't work anymore. And uh, you know, I've you, seen you that. can't let it go? Yeah, I've seen that with colleagues. And fortunately, if it happens early in a career, it can be devastating uh, you know, to have something go very bad. Uh, but that's not to say, as I get for, older, I for, think I, for lack of a better word, if it happens early in a career and you can't get rid of that, that cemetery in your mind, is it almost like you get a case of the yips? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah. you're just afraid to, to do what... You gun shy, you know? afraid to make any decisions, like am I, am I going to be wrong again or yeah. am I going to make a mistake again? But you realize after you've done it for a while, you know, that, and that's part of the business. So. Yeah. And you do the best you can. What about some of the great saves? Do you have anything memorable oh, that was just oh, like, a, a, where absolutely. you just walked out of there feeling like... I'm a doctor, and I just did my doctorate, <laughs> Yeah, and I know, saved a life. You need to remind yourself of those, but just as, you know, you don't dwell on the failures, you know, there's, sure, those hot dog cowboy things that come across great, and you save a life, and it's always good to be come across someone years later about that. Um, I had an epiphany in the Walmart about a year ago. <laughs> <Me too>. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, I'm feeling bad. It's the middle of January. Um, the sun hasn't shown in two <laughs> weeks. Um, I'm working a string of nights just seeing drunks and sick people in here. It's like, what the hell am I doing with my life? I'm you know, getting just pretty depressed. And so pick up some things. And I had to stop at Walmart on the way home. And I'm in the line and this lady's staring at me. And she's staring at me and she points and she starts talking in Spanish. And she drops to her knees and she grabs me around my waist. And it's like, I- I'm sorry, ma'am. I- you only have two items. You can go. And <laughs> I'm sorry. And her son is standing there and he's about 20 years old. 
And he goes, are you Dr. Abernathy? Again, I had my old... I said, no, I'm Dr. Abernathy. Abernathy. (laughs) I had uh, my old army jacket on. I go, yeah, I am. And so in this town that I've worked in, I've worked there for the last, you know, 25 years. And I've seen everybody. He goes, well, my name's... uh, I forget what it was, you know, Emil Rodriguez. He was uh, Hispanic or Mexican. Still didn't bring a bell. And then he pulls down his shirt. He has a collar. And I see this scar from his earlobe down to his sternal notch and it was like bam it's it's sort of like the dream sequence i go back 20 years and i remember this mother coming his car screams up to the er this kid is limp he's bleeding to death out of his neck um he was bouncing he and his cousin were bouncing on a couch he put his head through a china a china cabinet window And so he's bleeding to death to the point where he doesn't have a pulse. It's like, oh, crap. So you do what you got to do. Fortunately, I had two very good nurses there. We start working on this kid. I eventually get the bleeding controlled. I get blood started. Um, We arrange. After about a half hour, we get a pulse and a pressure back. But he's not responding. You know, he's brain dead. He's gone too long without oxygen. And so we arrange transfer to one of the local trauma centers. And that's really the last, you know, you don't ask questions you don't want answers to. And that was really the last I ever thought of that child or anything about it until Until. 25 years later. And this kid explains, he goes, yeah, you know, I don't remember any of it. I was three years old, but I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks and I'm fine. I have no deficits. Uh, you know, he graduated college. I believe he was going to grad school in Chicago. In the meantime, we're talking. His mother has me around. <laughs> yeah, right, She's yeah. on her knees just weeping. The security guard comes over. Are you okay? And so we go through this conversation. And um, yeah. And so and he says, yeah, I, I've always wanted to meet you. You're, you're a legend amongst my family. You know? Still. Yeah. And uh, But you know, I'd like to thank you. And and so, oh, wow, you know, that's, that was great. And I walk outside, and it was like a movie. Clouds popped. Oh, yeah, man. The sun wow. came down. Yeah. Ha, da, da, da. And so, yeah, so, so that, you know, 20 years later. Isn't but, it amazing? You never know what, at what point in your life you're going to get that confirmation, that validation, that, that one thing that says, ah, okay, yeah. yeah, this is why I do it. Because we do. We, we, we go on our, uh, over the course of our lives and do what we do day in, day out. Don't think twice about it. But you never know how you're affecting somebody else. Right. Someone said, you know, that time you intervened or that time you said a kind word or answered my phone call, Mm -hmm. it made the difference. And so, yeah. So you you wonder. So what do you do, you know, for for fun? You always, Abs was always this crazy, wacky, just completely not really sure. Um, Your sister said something very interesting before the podcast started. Uh, you got to remember that my my brother was ADD before there, anybody knew about ADD. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and I would tend to agree with that. I mean, you were all over the place. Oh yeah, and you know it's a blessing. Uh, you know, it's I, I'd hate to think if I grew up in today's society. You know, would what, you be able what, to? I don't know. I would probably been medicated. You would have been. You would have been medicated. And, yeah, That's right. Who knows? Yeah, you, yeah you'd be. You'd have a. Uh, side pocket full of Ritalin and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and, and good to go. Yeah. What do you do for fun, man? I mean, I'm sad. Your, your, work, your work sounds so overwhelmingly <clears throat> demanding. Like it's, It almost seems like a 24-7 type of thing. No, it's, it's not demanding. Again, I've, I've trained for it my whole life. I'm good at it. I'm comfortable with it. I enjoy it. 
you know. I mentioned musician earlier. You and Det were in the high school marching band together. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. where that's where you two met. Oh, I'm sorry, and your sister as well. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah she oh, was in there as well. Key part of our growth in yeah. high school. That's yeah. where you two. That's where that's where you all met. Right, right. It was marching band. It was great. Abs, Abs was like. So you came in what our sophomore or yeah, junior, junior year. Yeah, and Abs had grown up in a neighborhood like we were yeah. like in the same neighborhood. But I didn't really know him. Yeah. And then he came in the marching band, and, and he was like my my idiot soulmate. We <laughs> just like clicked, and we we're like, he'd be in, stupid, I'd be stupid. And oh, we'd get in more we, trouble. Oh, uh, we were stupid together. Yeah. And that's when, like, years later, I heard, like, he, wait, he was an engineer, he's a doctor. <laughs> he's an idiot, huh? He's like me, there's no way, but. He had brains and I didn't. But yeah, that's that's a beautiful right. story and it kind of hurts my feelings a little bit <laughs> because I thought I was your idiot soulmate, you know, all these years. I... No, you're my funny soulmate. He's no. like an idiot. You're oh, stupid. Yeah. What, <laughs> the Monty Python yeah. versus the yeah, you uh, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Far yeah. 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 more sophisticated. Yeah. 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 We, yes. were, we were more than you're kind of like the Dennis Miller. Oh, yeah. Okay. Before yeah. there was a Dennis Miller. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's funny. So, yeah, music still part of your life? Not as much, you know, as, as far as playing. Now the granddaughters are going through music classes. The granddaughters? Granddaughters. You have grandchildren? I, I have two grandchildren. Yeah. No way. They are 10 and 5. 10? Yep. Third one's on the way. Third beating. one's on the way, yep. Man. So, a lot of fun. Um, he's, got me, he's just got me beat in every aspect of life. He was an engineer. Yeah. He was a doctor. Now he's got grandchildren. I don't have any grandchildren yet. I don't, yeah. the, the, a lot, a lot of, of fun, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I but, think I would know. Uh, going through music classes with them and doing some fun things. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I never played, you know, brass or strings professionally. I'm getting pretty good on ukulele, though. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. I've been taking lessons. And, yeah. What did we say in the last week? Prove it. Yeah, prove it. <laughs> Get it out. I know it's pretty good. Not that good. But. Mm hmm so yeah, so it's still part of your life. And but I think music is a part of my life, and that's for my father. Are you are you are you are you still married? Yes. 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 Yeah. And what's your wife do? Uh, she basically takes care of the grandchildren. We live on twenty acres, uh, and then we have an animal shelter. I was going to yep. bring up uh, Roscoe. Yeah. Roscoe Animal Retreat. Roscoe yep. Animal Retreat for years. That's been going on for thirty years or so. Yeah. Which is also an amazing. Yeah, it's a no kill shelter. Yeah. Non for profit. Yeah. And so that's a full-time job for her. She does a great job um, running the place, you know, because... Mostly it, cats and dogs? or Cats and dogs, Cats yeah. and dogs. We've and had it. other animals of our own, but, um, but yeah, the retreat's primarily cats and dogs. How many but, in there at any given time? Oh, I don't know how many hundred. Yeah, cats and, uh, yeah, quite a few. <laughs> uh, but, uh, if there's any animal lovers out there, uh, like he said, a no-kill shelter... Uh, you know, I know in Columbus we have no-kill shelters. Yeah. Um, in fact, every year um, when I do this charity at the at the Funny Bone, a portion of the money uh, yeah. goes to a no-kill shelter. And then, you know, the big well. thing, spay and neuter. That's huge. And you know, put all instead of putting all this time and effort into taking care of these given animals, put it in all into free spay and neuter. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, for people who can't afford uh, spays and neuters, you know, and that's the biggest problem. You know, that's how you treat them. Wow. Yep. Quite the life, Mr. Abernathy. Not, never a dull moment. Yeah. <laughs> and we say when you look ahead and look forward, I mean, personally, is there anything else you want to, you know, because I, 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 I talked about this with, with debt, you know, um, I feel that there's still another chapter still to go, and I'm curious as to what it might be, but by the same time, I have no freaking clue as to what it might be. So are you looking for, is there something that you have, 
a goal set in mind? Like before it's all said and done, I still want to do this? Or is it more of an open mind thing? Like I'm, I'm keeping an open mind and looking for the next opportunity or the next adventure, whatever that might be. Yeah, I think it's the next opportunity. Again, things have changed dramatically in the last six years through social media. Uh, I've done a lot of stuff international, spend a lot of time in the UK and Ireland, again, in the business of helicopter emergency medicine. And, oh, it's just been great meeting a lot of like minds and never saw that one coming. And you're, uh, you're in Columbus for the work reasons, right? Yeah, some right? business stuff, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so never saw that coming. You know, I don't think I want to retire. You know, I'm 60, but I, hey, I'm good health. Uh, if I'd retire, I'd probably get into too much trouble. And, uh, but I could see things shifting towards more of a, a consulting and an education type thing. And the world's getting smaller. I mean, the idea of social media, working on projects with you know physicians and medics really all over the world. I was working on one project where we had a WhatsApp group and we had people on seven continents, including Antarctica, Concordia Basin in Antarctica, and we're talking in real time on on a, on a project. So amazing, yeah, yeah it's, it's just astounding. You had no desire to pursue broadcasting, much like your father had, but have your children followed in your footsteps? No, no. What do they do? No, my my daughter teaches ice skating, um, and uh, my son uh, works for Chrysler. So, but no, they they do a good job. Mm-hmm. And. You're happy with what they're doing? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter what I feel. They're happy. No, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. there are some parents. There are some parents oh, who, yeah, you who have to insist that like, you're going, you're going no, to be no, a doctor. No, no. You're, no, you're going to do what we, you want. Yeah, we grew up with friends yeah. in high the school. The Kellises. But they're rich. The, the, well, the Kellises were, were, were like, they had no choice in the matter. Yeah. Their father said, you're going to be doctors. And they're all three doctors. Very successful and excellent doctors, yep. but there was no choice in the matter. No, our parents were always, yes, you will go to college. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, you know, it's it's up to you. Yeah, my mom's still waiting for me to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Especially now. You remember my mom, Christine? I remember uh, yeah. Yeah, my mom, my mom is my mom was on the podcast yeah, not too long ago. One, yeah. That was uh yeah, she's eighty three now. She had a huh? birthday in July. I mean, you said you're in reasonable good health. Yeah, yeah, doing well. Yeah, see a doctor once every two years. How you know? is that when a doctor goes to see a doctor? Oh yeah, so it's same thing with my family. You know, they'll ask me questions. I go go see a doctor. You know, I'm not going to. I take that off the list. Man, I was hoping it. we get free physical. <laughs> I, I, yeah. was out, I've got know. this thing I want yeah, to look at. I, I, I handle. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely I handle emergencies when they come up in the family, but routine stuff. It's like no, you can't do that to me. You know, you need to, to follow up. You know, it's sort of like having. A good plumber or a good electrician or something, the same thing. You, you have to have a good doctor that you can trust. And, you know, I deal with emergencies and right. all that stuff. I don't deal with the day-to-day things. And, and So when you go see your doctor yeah. and he gives you a diagnosis, do you just sometimes go, mm, <laughs> not, really? not really. Are you sure? I don't have any. Sure? I'm, I'm, you you may like, maybe you want to check this. or the, How about, no, because I... You know, it's my, I know what I'm feeling. <laughs> and I, I was hoping maybe we would concur, but you're saying something way different. <laughs> nah, it doesn't happen that way. Even with my mom, when she wants me to interact with her, she has like a great oncologist in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. She has a good doctor locally. You know, she always wants, what do I think? What do I think? I go, well, what do your doctors think? These are the people taking care of you. You've chosen them. You trust them. They're very good at what they do. You know, I'll just, I'll follow their lead. 
Mm -hmm. so. But she needs your validation. Yeah, I have to validate and say, yes, they're, yeah. they're good. <laughs> yeah. Mom mom needs his validation yeah. on what her doctors say. Her doctors say. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, so you yeah. just you just blindly concur? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah because yeah, yeah. otherwise you're setting yourself up for, yeah, exactly. for yeah. a much longer conversation. Yeah, no, like I said, they're, they're, very, they're very good people, very well trained, <clears throat> very reputable. So, yeah, you know, that's the key in life. You find them to take care of that. You can't do it all. It's like, can I do plumbing? Yes, I, I actually can, and I'm pretty good at it. Same thing as you know, wiring electrician. But I, I, I want my electrician to do it. So what about the the old adage, "Physician, heal thyself." That's bullshit, then, right? No, I think I'm lucky. You know, I, I again, I go to a doctor, but I just don't have anything wrong with me yet, or not too much. Well, um, what you got going on? Let's compare notes. Uh, I've had two colonoscopies. Okay, well, lucky. You're, you're supposed to have one at 50 and one yeah, at 60. Yeah, I, I had, had one. those. Um, I took that to his. His, oh, his, his last colonoscopy. I'm <laughs> chronic sinus issues and I'm going deaf. But besides that, I mean, just years in helicopters, I have high frequency uh -huh. hearing loss. And I have uh, the low. Yeah, I'm about the two, two years away from hearing aids. So, yeah, you know, no problem. Optional. Though, and, I had, and I had perfect vision until I was 50. Uh, absolute perfect vision. Yeah. And now I wear glasses. So, so. no bad cholesterol. No. No. Do good. No, no prostate issues. No prostate issue. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, you <laughs> said that now I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've been lucky. You know, part of it, I think, is... is you know, just good genetics, just the luck of the draw. Right. And then... Uh, I feel the same way. And then, you know, I, I try to stay fairly active. I smoke eh, one or two cigars a week. I, uh, I, you know, I don't know if it's the fact that you're that I you're a doctor, but I actually lit up a cigarette and I thought to myself, I'm doing I'm smoking a cigarette in front of a doctor. Yeah. Which, you know, back in the day when my mom worked for Dr. Oh, Dreyer back in Steubenville, Ohio, there were ashtrays in the waiting room. Oh, I remember yeah. volunteering in the emergency department back in Steubenville and the doctors be smoking at the desk there and the nurses and everyone. You know, you put them out before you went in the patient room. But uh, but yeah, it was very common. Ashtrays and ambulances. I mean, it, in hospitals, it was a very common. Thing. All right, let me let me. I'm going to say something really, really stupid. Okay. In front of a doctor. Okay. Okay. And then, and if you can explain okay. away my stupid rationale, I'll consider that uh, a wonderful consultation with a physician. Okay. All right. I smoke. Right. I smoke. I've been smoking. I think the first cigarettes were in high school yep. when we used to, mm -hmm. you know, sneak away. And uh, and go hide and, and remember the cave the, the cave remember the cave we yeah, go to yeah. the cave where where Bill Noel had the Playboys and the cave yeah. it was you know smoke there and I smoked with Ron Parisi me and Ronnie Parisi used to smoke when we were seven years old yeah, yeah. okay yeah. right <laughs> yeah we did so and we then did I these cigarettes old gold uh, and then I smoked in college yeah. and uh, but but just socially and uh -huh. it was wasn't until I got into stand up where I started to smoke you know actively and and uh, addictively. You know, mm -hmm. and and since then, and I'm 60, and I still right. smoke. But here's the thing: people say you should quit smoking, right. and I've tried. I've yeah. tried. I've tried cold turkey. Yeah. I've tried the patch. I've tried acupuncture. Yeah. I've tried hypnosis. I've tried all those things. Mm -hmm. None of them work. Yeah. But now, as I've gotten older, uh, especially in my 50s, I got to that point in life where people would stop smoking and you know start paying attention to their health. Mm -hmm. Right? I quit smoking, and then six months later. They would drop dead of a heart attack or a stroke, or nine months later, like he quit smoking and he he's got cancer. Yeah. And and I'm like, and, but but the, the the one unifying thread in all of it was was they quit smoking. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like in my mind, so this is how my yeah. this is how my, my mind where my mind works. Like 
I know that there's bad shit. Yeah. I mean, these are these are like just tobacco and water, so they don't mm-hmm. have all the other crap yeah. that's in the cigarettes, okay? Like, I think this is a healthier <laughs> cigarette, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is stupid. So but in my, gas station but in my mind, yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking, well, well, here's what happened. Well, you know, the lungs had a bunch of shit in there, yeah, mm-hmm. and not good, but once they quit smoking, all that stuff went away, and like disease went... It's open. Let's get them. And boom, in they go. And that's how my mind works. That's how my mind has worked when I hear about these people having heart attacks and strokes and then getting cancer. So there's a part of me, as irrational as it may be, that's afraid to, to, I'm just going to stay the course. I drink, I smoke, and knock wood so far in really good health. No cholesterol problems, no blood pressure problems. No sugar problems. The only thing I have with me that's wrong is I have an extremely, an extremely large prostate, mm-hmm. but not a cancerous one because right. I had the snips. BPH, I had, I, I, yeah. yeah, I had all those done, and they go, you're fine. Yeah. And in my last physical, my 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 PSA number was back in normal range. So, so, so explain 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 my irrational thought. There have process. actually been some studies to done done, and they were through the VA system where they looked at exactly that. Older people, say older than sixty quitting smoking and dying. And so what was the relationship statistically and otherwise? So I'm not so crazy. Are you telling so me I'm not so crazy? Studies, yeah. Oh. But, but they found out oh. Oh. that the reason that a lot of these people were quitting smoking was that they were getting ill. Uh, it wasn't just, oh, I'm feeling fine. And all of a sudden, you know, oh, I need to quit smoking. No, it, it's more like they- They, they would get, get COPD. Or- COPD or they get a diagnosis of cancer. And, you know, because you can live with lung cancer for a long time, depending on when they catch it and what type. And so they'll get that diagnosis. And so by virtue of having this disease process, then them quitting smoking has nothing to do with their eventual death. So, but so you're, you're always better off quitting smoking. Absolutely. Well, you're a doctor. That's always, what, you know, you're going to say that. Yeah. Um, no, there's just no. Seriously, though. <laughs> yeah, there's just no. I to, well, I'm sorry. Did you wink, wink? No, <laughs> no, no. no. Nah, nah, no. Yeah, it, it's, you're it's, better uh, off not smoking. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> smoking. Said I do one them. or two cigars, you know, a week, and that's probably not great. But yeah. Oh um, well, no, that's not gonna. That's gonna hurt. Yeah, you. But, that's not gonna hurt you. But no, there, there are some studies out there, and so that that, that does so I'm happen. not completely nuts oh, no, no. in that thought process. No, but there's a lot of people they quit smoking, but why do they quit smoking? It's not like I'm feeling great. I want to take care of myself. It's no, they're feeling lousy. They've got a diagnosis of COPD, cancer, heart disease, or something. Well, in some it cases, them, in, in some uh, cases, I think though, I, I I think the you know mortality comes knocking on the door, yeah. where you realize that you've lived more than half of your life. Yeah. You know, if you look at the life expectancy and you go, mm, maybe I should quit smoking. Maybe that'll add a few extra years. And then there's there's a lot of people that do. They quit smoking. And uh, those people and, You know, they you know, wake up. I had a colleague, <laughs> colleague who had his first heart attack. He was interesting. Uh, he came, Frank was from a family of, he had five brothers, an Irish family. No male on his father's side within recent history lived past 50 years old. Yeah, so horrible okay. family yeah. history. So not only just the smoking and the lifestyle, which was part of it, and he had his yeah, first heart attack probably at 50 and then decided that's it. He had young children and decided I want to be there for me had reasons and it totally quit smoking and he's he's done well. Good. Uh, so he's the longest Good. lived of his family. God bless yeah. him. Yeah. And I'm coming up on, uh, I need to schedule colonoscopy number two. You know, yep. I had the first one at 50. Yep. And, and you're probably up. I've had two. You've had two. Who took you to your second one? 
white. Uh. Are they doing those now? Do you have a family history? No, what happened was um, at on my first one, they found one polyp. Yeah. They said you have to, only five years. Wow. So then I had it. And, and now this past one, they didn't find anything. Yeah. So, so there clean is, as a whistle. There, there is a test. He should be clean as a whistle. The man goes to the bathroom. That's a podcast. <laughs> That's a podcast. I'm not. I don't mean to be gross or anything, yeah. but he yeah. he he has he has a BM on average six times a day. Yeah. Six times a day. A day. He's not denying. That's it. not normal. Yeah, that's know. not a colon. That's like a shit faucet. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not it's not normal. Oh, but enough about me. It's called, yeah. Okay. <laughs> But they actually have now colon. So there are tests they can do without doing colonoscopies. Yes, like the, the, they, the little cartoon guy with well, the box. Well, they, they anal- shit on the box, send it in the yeah, mail. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine the people, the UPS driver? He knows what he's delivering. Buckets <laughs> of shit. But no, it's actually very accurate. It looks for cancerous DNA in the stool specimen. It's actually very, very accurate. Uh, so are you certain- saying, as a doctor and right. a medical professional, are you suggesting that I do the... Send, well, put, ask your doctor about bo- it. I don't know your put, exact history. Put the shit in the box and yeah, send it in yeah. the mail as opposed to That's going to the colonoscopy? That's what I did for my last one. Oh. And, and it's it's incredibly cheaper than the colonoscopy, so the insurance companies love it. Right. Uh, but UPS, not so much. Yeah, UPS <laughs> guy. UPS. This leaky package guy. <laughs> no, they double gross. seal everything. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> but... But no, ask your doctor about it if it's a possibility. Certain things, you know, there's certain contraindications to it. But you know, it, you know, if you're uncomplicated, okay. Yep. I'm trying to think what other medical advice I can squeeze <laughs> out of him out. just by accident without him saying like, "No, you should go see your doctor." You know, give me the standard family response. Yeah. Post nasal um, drip. I mean, come on. <laughs> What's the, yeah. get rid I had of a that summer shit. cold. I'm congested. No, I got yeah, so I, obviously, I need uh, opioids. Opioids. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's the, yeah, that's the question. Did you bring your prescription pad? Yes, yes. <laughs> no such thing anymore. Everything's on computer now. Oh, really? Yeah. No, uh, the idea of writing out a handwriting a prescription has basically gone away. Over oh, don't tell five me that. Years ago. So it's all computer. And a lot of it is you, you're never actually handed a prescription. It's transmitted to the directly to the pharmacy so hmm. yeah so you can't forge prescriptions anymore oh, yeah, it man. makes it hard unless you got a computer hacker or good something well wow. the good old days yeah when you could, when change you could, change the one zero zero yeah yeah when you could steal a doctor's prescription pad and yep. forge a signature or you could print your own wah, wah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to respect my producer's mutual oh. uh, consideration for keeping this at an hour so uh, I know there's a lot more we could talk about and maybe we can down the line, but I know that you are on the social medias as well. You're on yeah. Twitter. So yeah, people so want to follow if, you on Twitter. If you're interested, I am at FLTDOC1, Flight Doc 1. Flight Doc 1. And yeah, I've, it's, it's really, I said, I, I use it primarily for medical stuff, but there is some entertaining stuff. No, there. you put There's some non medical stuff. Oh, on you that. follow. Yeah yeah, 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 I follow. Yeah, and cool. we're also going to seek out Untold Stories of the ER right. and put that, that one episode up where right. you. Uh, Grab the nutsack of the, <laughs> of the prison inmate yeah. and and yeah, yeah that's nice. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? She she he kept a bad man in jail. Yeah, because he had a very creative way of going about it. Yeah, more power to you. Uh, our guest has been uh, Doctor Michael Abernathy. 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 Yeah, Abernathy. Yeah, engineer, doctor, bon vivant. <laughs> uh, uh, jack of many trades master of them all apparently yeah. god I hate you <laughs> no I don't I'm so so happy about this man wow. this is so good because Mike's been a fan of the podcast since we started oh absolutely and uh, the fact that we have a chance to actually be here and sitting with you is very very cool 
So we got his info. Before we split, Hansberry, a quick mention of some other things that we need to get to real quick. Uh, well, we, we've talked about Twitter. We're on Facebook. And keep keep posted on tweet, uh, Facebook because, like we said, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. The premise, uh, the Columbus Podcast Awards. And, uh, you know, we, that's kind of where we, we yeah. push all that info. Premise well. August 20th, Columbus Podcast Awards August 25th. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Subscribe to us on iTunes and on YouTube. Um, but word of mouth, you know, just tell your friends, um, you know, or, you know, whiskey loving buddies or people who think just would get a kick out of it. Uh, and re- review us because when you do that, it helps um, spread the love. Uh, and this, I have a five star rate of review that oh, I'd be happy to week, share. Last week, you know, oh. most of our reviews are four to five stars just to keep us humble. He he shared a one star review. With yeah. Us oh, yeah. Have we heard from him? No. By the way, not no. Since uh, no. Uh, I actually made a plea to the one star yeah, guy yeah, to like, yeah, hey, yeah. come back, give us a second yeah. shot. This is from uh, Coretta at one one zero. Tune into this podcast. Every episode, I learn something about life. I laugh. I'm moved. I definitely get educated about some fine bourbon and whiskey. Dino has been a staple co- radio comedian for years, but wow, you have definitely opened up your repertoire. And put yourself on a whole new level. Keep doing it, Dino and Greg. That's me. It's you, Hansberry. You're doing yeah. great. And John, she meant to put you probably too. <laughs> That's well, it. But thank not. you, thank you, uh, Coretta at one one zero. But you know, John Whitney has contributed the, the whole YouTube fact faction to this it's podcast, and it's been huge. And uh, yes, yeah, she's actually say Greg. Yes, yeah, in parentheses, Greg, and Greg. She didn't say and didn't say Hansberry. No. I like Hansberry. It's, 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 it's regal. I like that. It, it, it sound, you sound like he's sort of a manservant. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what I like about it. It sounds very manservant like. Hansberry! Hansberry! You can say it in so many different yes, ways. Sir. This is my yeah. Hansberry! You know, you can say it so many different ways. You're Crocs again, sir? <laughs> oh, Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production produced. By Hansberry, Greg, <laughs> and of course the amazing John Whitney. There's the thumbs up. Who's in, uh, does such a, an amazing job with our YouTube channel? So if you're watching this, you can thank John Whitney. Also the guest bottle for those of you who can find it: Calumet Farms uh, Single Rack Black Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey, 12 years old. If you can find it for the original retail price of 69.99, uh, get it because uh, it's selling for a lot more than that these days. But uh, very, very enjoyable. Uh, all the opinions uh, shared here on Whiskey Business start as mine and are shared with my not-so-reluctant guests, Mike Abernathy. Thank you so much, brother. We're oh, going to hang pleasure. out for a while longer after yep. this. He's actually staying over. We're doing a sleepover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here at Whiskey Business. You guys can stay if you want. Yeah, I know the kids are out of town, right? Sure. What the yeah, hell? Yeah, Let's do not? it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I'll do, we'll make I'll, prank phone calls. We'll make prank phone calls. <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody get me a tube and a faucet so I can put the thing up oh, yeah. and, go, uh, and see if we can yes. do it for all time's sake. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. okay. That would be the best. Uh, <laughs> doing us here. Remember that time? <laughs> <laughs> I miss these talks. Okay. Uh, uh, next week uh, on the podcast, uh, comedian Mike Larson. Will be joining us as well. It was. It's a big, big week. And it's a big week. It's the one hundredth bottle on whiskey business. Not this one. Next week. Yeah. You were. You were ninety nine. You were ninety nine bottles. A week early. On the wall. Ninety nine bottles of booze. You missed the big one. Sorry, Mike. Ninety nine bottles of booze on the wall. All right. (laughs) Until the next bottle. See ya.
I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.